We're working through the book of Mark. If you have your Bible, um, you can open up to Mark chapter 6. We're kind of walking through the book of Mark. And as we've seen, Mark is oftentimes about the, the, the ministry of Jesus Christ. Right? It's a gospel about the life of Christ and then how his disciples um, are a part of what he's doing. And today we get to the only miracle that's recorded every single gospel. There's four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you're ever in a Bible trivia contest and someone says outside of the resurrection, what's the one miracle um, that is, takes place in all four of the Gospels. The only answer to that question is the feeding of the 5,000. This uh, miracle is uh, in, featured prominently in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and there's got to be something to it, right? It's a story that is, captivates us even as children. If you were to go through our children's Sunday school classes, I'm sure if you attended there for 52 weeks, this story would come up sometime over the course of the year. You would hear the story of Jesus um, looking out and seeing this crowd of people and, and then getting the, the little boy's fish and his little bread and breaking it and then having people fed. And that's the, the gist of the miracle. But you know, what's going on in, in this story is God is doing something absolutely mind-blowingly impossible. Right? He takes something that's impossible, he lays out an impossible challenge, and he says, make this impossible thing happen. And God is still in the business of asking his followers to do things that seem impossible to us. But as Jesus himself said, with man, uh, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And so we look uh, to, to God in faith that he can accomplish that which he sets at work to do. If you have your Bibles, I hope you're there. Mark chapter 6. We're going to be starting in verse 30 today. Let me read the passage and then we'll go through it kind of talking about what's prominently featured uh, throughout this story. Here we go. Mark chapter 6 verse 30 says, The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. And then they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them. And they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. And when he went ashore, Jesus went ashore, he saw a great crowd. And he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But Jesus answered them, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said, five and two fish. And then he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of fifties uh, and hundreds. And taking the loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and he said a blessing. And he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces and fish. And those who ate the loaves were five thousand men. This story is familiar, right? It's, it's so familiar to us that we, we, we hear it and we lose out on some of the wonder that what, what is going on. We'll start at the very beginning, right? Jesus' disciples come back to him 
uh, and they're, they're, they're reporting on what they've been up to. And you may not remember this because it's been two weeks since we talked about Jesus sending his disciples. But Jesus had just sent his disciples out in pairs, two by two, to go uh, to towns and villages and proclaim the gospel. And so his disciples went out, and they, they didn't have any money or anything with them, and they went out, and they performed miracles, and they taught that the kingdom of heaven was at hand. That was the message of the disciples. And they come back to Jesus after a, a, a season of being away from him, and they're reporting on the successes that they had. And there was all sorts of great ministry. And you can imagine, this would be a pretty, pretty like exciting time, right? Jesus sees these disciples who have been kind of like, Eh, some days they're good, some days they're bad, but, but they're coming back and they're like on a mountaintop experience. These disciples have done it, they've experienced great victory, and they come back and they're sharing what's been going on in their lives. Some of us have been here, right? You, you, you're going good at something and things are going real well, and then all of a sudden you start talking about it, you get so excited about what's going on in your life. Maybe it's athletics, maybe it's a, a hobby, maybe you're a gardener and you're like, man, my garden is doing this, right? And you're so excited about what you've accomplished. And these disciples are proud of themselves and proud of what they've accomplished. So they're sharing to Jesus what's going on and there's a whole crowd of people because anywhere Jesus is, there's a crowd of people. And this crowd of people is gathered around Jesus and they're going to him and they're asking him for things and we don't really know what's going on there. But Jesus looks around and he looks at his disciples who have been out on the road working uh, for the kingdom of heaven. He says, you guys need a break. Right? He says, you guys need a break. Let's get out of here, out of the crowds, out of the hustle and bustle, and get you guys something to eat. They hadn't even had time to eat themselves. He said, let's go get on the boat. We'll go to where no one is, and we'll get ourselves a bite to eat. And so they get on the boat and they start going. And sure enough, that dang crowd that saw him there started playing telephone. And by the time Jesus reached the other side of the Sea of Galilee, by the time he got to where he thought no one would be, there was already a crowd of people waiting for him. He could not get away. Right? I mean, he literally couldn't get away from the people no matter where he turned, no matter how far he went away from where people should be. I mean, they chased him out to the desert just to be around him. And Jesus gets there, and this is the time whenever we and our humanity are not like Jesus, right? When you're exhausted and you're tired and you need a break, maybe company has been at your house for a while. Anyone ever had company at your house for a while? And then all of a sudden you look up and you're like, it's time for everyone to leave. <laughs> right? right now, it's time for everyone to leave. And then somehow like they all leave and then you you, you kind of walk you, know, you close your door after you fake wave like you're happy oh we miss you so much we'll see you again and you close your door and you're like oh good i finally get to take my pants off right so that's just me okay <laughs> right but you're so excited right because you get to be done with what's going on right you get to take a breath and then right that knock on the door and you're like who could possibly be coming to my house right now, right? I just got rid of 40 people. I don't need anyone else. And, and so you open the door and, and you, sinful person, right? You are frustrated with this interruption to the plan that you have. That's because you and I, we're not Jesus. Jesus gets to the other side. His disciples are spent. They're exhausted. They need a break. Jesus himself is spent and exhausted. He needs a break. After he's done with this, Jesus takes a break. Right? But, but he's, he's exhausted. And he looks out at this crowd of people who chased him into the desert, this desolate place, and he looks at them 
with compassion. Right? Instead of seeing an interruption, instead of seeing a problem, instead of seeing uh, people who are always in his business, he looked at him and said, these people are helplessly lost without me. They need a shepherd. And so he looks at them, and, and with compassion, his eyes view them, and so he begins to talk to them out of the goodness of his heart. And Jesus begins to teach them. We don't know how long this teaching went, but long enough that the people are gathered around, and there's 5,000 men. We assume there's women and children. And so, like, I don't know what the estimate would be there. Maybe 8,000 people, maybe 10,000 people. There's a huge crowd of people. And Jesus is just teaching. And we have Jesus' teaching recorded in various places throughout Scripture, but Mark doesn't give us anything about what he was saying. We don't know if he was teaching parables at that point. We don't know if he was... You know, you know, just telling stories about what's going to happen. We have no idea what he was doing. But, but by the time he was getting near the end of the day and the sun began to go down, his disciples, who are now exceedingly exhausted, right? They're, they're, they're hungry. You know what happens when you're hungry and you're exhausted? You get hangry, right? right? It's that anger that comes from hunger, right? And so, and so they're, they're, they're hungry and they're tired, and there's always people, and they thought they were going on vacation. They've been working for a period of time, traveling from village to village. They need a break. And Jesus just starts talking and talking and talking. They go to Jesus, and the sun is getting low, and they say, hey, Jesus, just in case you didn't notice, we're in the middle of nowhere, right? Like, we're, we're in sharp Texas right now, Right? Like, there's nowhere for people to get food. There's nothing for people to eat. We need to send these people on home so they can get to Rockdale or Davila, where they might be able to find a store that's open where they can buy something so they can get some food because it's late. And if you keep them here any longer, they're going to be like we are, right? They're going to be hungry and they're going to be angry. You need to send them away, Jesus. Now, it's interesting to me how often Jesus' disciples think Jesus needs their advice, right? <laughs> like, like, he's the teacher, he's the rabbi, he's the one who said, come follow me, and consistently they go out to him and be like, I don't know if you're aware of this, Jesus, but we're in the middle of nowhere, right? Like, it's, it's, they, they think they're doing Jesus a favor, and so Jesus, being Jesus, looks at them, right, and says, oh, they... These people are going to be hungry. I, I, I had not thought of this. You know, his mind is blown by the fact that people get hungry. And so he looks at his disciples. He says, okay, you guys take care of it. You guys, you 12 guys, you've been doing work. Just, just cater this meal for these 5,000 men plus other people. Like, you take care of it. And the disciples do a quick head count. They're like, look, if we do what you're asking us to do, it's going to cost us 200 denarii. And denarii doesn't mean anything to us, right? Because, like, I've never spent a denarius in my life, right? But what a denarius is, is roughly a day's wage. 200 denarii would be almost a year's salary, right? So I don't know what the average salary in America is. Let's say it's $45,000. So, like, like, that's about how much money they needed to have. Jesus' disciples were broke. How do I know they were broke? Because they went to go do ministry with no money in their pockets. And they were told not to accept any money when they were doing ministry. So like their pockets were empty. They had just got back from doing this ministry. So they had no money and they needed 200 days wages to pay for the meal just to buy enough bread so someone could have something to eat. 
And they, they go back to Jesus and say, hey, uh, boss, yeah, that's not going to happen. You probably should reconsider, right? Like you, you laid out, feed them, and we did the mental math, and we say, can't do it. And that's what we do, right? God gives us a task. And look, we have a task before us as Christians. And it's not a small task. It's not an insignificant task. It is a monumentally difficult task, borderline impossible. Right? God tells us to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that God has commanded them. Right? This is what our mission is. We get confused sometimes and think our mission is going to work and paying the bills and doing all these other things. But our mission is to go and make disciples. Let me tell you something. Making disciples is hard. It's not easy, right? Because people don't always want to be discipled. And even people who want to be discipled aren't real good at wanting to do it consistently. Right? It's a hard job. And we get frustrated. We throw our hands up. We say, we can't do this. It's impossible. No one can help these people. Right? I mean, I, sometimes I'm a pastor, right? So like, I identify with other like, ministerial leaders in the Bible. And I look at the life of Moses, right? And Moses consistently has people who complain about stuff to him. I don't have people complain that often. Thank you guys, by the way. Y'all don't get enough thanks for that. Thank you for that. But I can identify with Moses, right? Because Moses is trying really hard to get his people to go in the right direction. And consistently, he's like, these guys just aren't following my leadership, right? And he goes to God, and he's like, you gave me a stiff-necked people, right? And sometimes I feel like that. Not today, guys, not today, but some days, some days, I feel like that. Right? We, 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 it's a difficult task making disciples. It's a difficult task doing the great commandment, which is to love God perfectly and to love your neighbor perfectly. These are difficult jobs. They're impossible jobs that we're given. And God gives uh, uh, Jesus, is God, but he gives his disciples this impossible task. Feed these people. He said, we can't do it. We don't have the money to do it. And if we could scrape up the money to do it, these people probably still wouldn't get enough food anyways. And so Jesus says, what do you have? This is the question that Jesus asks us when we come to the end of ourselves and we have nothing else to offer. Jesus looks at us and says, okay, you say this thing isn't possible because you aren't equipped to do it. What can you do? What do you have at your disposal? What do you know? What is the minimum that you possess right now? now and so the disciples look around and we have another uh, contemporary account right in one of the gospels where they go and they gather up and there's this boy who brought his lunch right uh, but but they gather up the food and they have five loaves of bread and two fish and now i don't know how big the loaves of bread were right but if we're feeding five thousand people five loaves of bread isn't enough i don't care if it's mrs barrett's i don't care if it's a ciabatta roll i don't really know what it is but five five of those isn't going to feed five thousand people and two small fish is probably not going to go very far either. And so they bring it to Jesus, and you, you can see it, right? In your mind, you can see the disciples. Jesus says, what do you have? And they go, and they're like, mm, we got this, right? Like, and basically, they're like, do you see now that we can't do it? Do you understand now? I mean, Jesus, come on, this isn't that hard. Like, like we have literally nothing and jesus is like well it's not literally nothing right you've got five loaves of bread and two fish and so jesus takes that little bit that they were able to scrape together the little bit that they were able to pull together with absolutely no faith on their part right the disciples 
you, you know it, right? You, you know these guys who said, send them away. We don't have the money. And when they dropped five loaves of bread and two fists, they were not thinking, this is going to feed the room, right? They're like, we got nothing. And they threw it at Jesus. And Jesus says, this will do. Have them sit down. And he sits them down into groups of 50s and 100s. And Jesus t- prays a prayer. He breaks the bread. And he does a miracle. Right, in the middle of the miracle that he does, he breaks the bread and he gives these, these broken pieces to his disciples. And he says, now go and take this to the people. Now put, your, put yourself in the place of like, I don't know, we'll go Judas Iscariot because we probably identify best with him. Right, but just naturally, that's kind of where we all are. You can be Peter if you want to be someone better, all right? But you get your, you get your little chunk of bread Right, and you got a little basket, your chunk of bread is, but I think about like our offering baskets, I don't know what it looked like. Right, but you get a little, little chunk of bread, and you take it over to the group. Right, and you got a group of 100 in front of you, and you're like, here you go. Right, like, think about it, you, you're giving, like, the, the, and the first guy is probably like, you know, pitch, like, like, like we do, like, gives a little Lord's Supper cracker, right, like, just a little pitch, Right. And, and they just kind of pass it down. And, but for some reason, you're standing here, Peter, Judas, whoever you are, and you're watching, and as you watch, the bread is growing. It's multiplying. I don't know exactly what it looks like in the basket, but everyone reaches in and grabs whatever they want, two fistfuls of, of bread, and then the, the basket never gets emptier. And in the middle of all of that, you get to take part in witnessing the greatest miracle that had happened up to that point. Right? That God takes very little, basically nothing, and can do amazing things. And then when it was done and they picked it all up, right, there was more bread left over than they started with. Right? right there was more that, that was to spare than, than they had initially had at all. What I find interesting about this is a couple things. First of all, that, that the disciples were so opposed to the work of Jesus. Right, right? They were so opposed to doing what Jesus told them to, they always found excuses. And, and I identify with that. Because I am good at making excuses for why I don't do what I know I should do. I'm good at it. And I would bet a lot of you are too. You know what you're supposed to do. You know uh, what God has called you to be about, but it's so much easier to talk about our brackets, right? It's so much easier to talk about the weather. It's so much easier to do anything other than what God has asked us to do. And then we make excuses and we say, well, I'm not equipped. I've never been trained. I don't have schooling. I, I don't have these excuses, right? I have to keep finding more excuses, right? My stomach hurts. I'm not good with the words. I get sweaty. My feet hurt. Whatever. We find excuses for not doing what God has asked us to do. But Jesus consistently went back to his disciples in the middle of their excuse making, in the middle of them saying, we're not equipped. We don't have what we need. We can't do this. It's not possible. It can't be done. He consistently pushes back on them. You feed them. What do you have? And then, whenever they bring him the very little that they have with what I literally believe is no faith at all, Jesus says, I'm going to use what you brought to me because I can do all things. And in the middle of that, maybe you're going to understand that you can do a lot more through me than you understand. And when Jesus breaks the bread, it is significant to me 
that he gives it to the doubting disciples and says, now go feed these people this bread. Because that's still what Jesus does today. Right, we receive salvation, right? Some of y'all uh, became believers when you were young people. Some of you became believers as adults. But, but we receive salvation and we're these doubting believers, right? We, we're, we're kind of staggered in our ability to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. But God still gives us, like he still gives us the opportunity to participate in what he does. He hasn't written us off. You can still take part in what he's doing. You may have been making excuses for the last 70 years. You might have been, and if you've been making excuses for 70 years, I bet you're good at it now. Right? Why I can't, who I can, so I can't have that conversation. I can't talk to my daughter. I can't talk to my, my neighbor. I can't do this. I can't do this. Right? And we come up with all the reasons why we can't. And all Jesus says to his disciples is, go and do it. And when they exercise the tiniest amount of obedience in gathering up like the, the least amount of food possible, Jesus says, that's enough. I'm going to show you how good, good I am. God is powerful. It's one of the things we see here, but he's also desiring his church to do miraculous ministry. Not run-of-the-mill ministry, not normal ministry, not natural ministry. It's natural ministry. Let's put on a kids' ministry program. Let's put on this. Let's put on that. I've got books about church growth, right? And you can go follow the church growth program, Elmer Towns or someone like that. And you can follow all the steps, and your church is probably going to grow some. But that's natural ministry. There's a supernatural ministry that takes place when we, when we give the little bit that we have, and we say, God, do with this whatever you can. Whatever you can do with the little bit that I have, I trust that you're going to do it. And when we give that to God, God does supernatural work through us. He uses us to do supernatural work. God is in the business of using his disciples to do miraculous things. When his disciples, when his disciples give a little bit of faith to him. Right? When we have faith, Jesus says we can move mountains. We have faith. We can say, you know, this mountain jump into the sea and it'll be accomplished. But a lot of us, we, have, we don't have it. So, so for today, some of us need to say, what do you have? What do you have that God can use? What do you have that can be used for God's kingdom? And whatever it is, big or small, bring it to the feet of Jesus Christ and say, this is what I've got. And then watch God work the disciples got a front row seat to see the power of jesus christ they got to participate in the power of jesus christ because they exercised a tiny amount of obedience how great would it be if a church a church today exercised the same amount of obedience and trusted that god would do tremendous things the city would not be the same this place that i love rockdale texas would not be the same it would be all different because the power of God would be going out through faithful people. And you might have this much faith today. This may be all you have. But with God, it's enough if you'll give it to Him.